Welcome to the Jesus Culture Sacramento Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Banning Leipshire. Today is actually going to be our album release Sunday. On Friday, our latest Jesus Culture album came out. But really, it's something as a church that we want to get together. And normally on a Sunday, we'd get together and talk about it and celebrate it and pray over it because we really do feel that one of the mandates on this house is to help ignite worship around the world. So we're gonna do that today. We're gonna try to do that in studio and over Zoom, and we're gonna figure out how all of it will work with internet connections, but we're gonna go for it. I can tell you for me, uh, when new albums come out, it's actually something that, that I really anticipate. Uh, new worship for me, and I'm not on the team. Many people actually over the years ask if I'm a worship leader with Jesus Culture. That's the thing. They're all, everywhere I go, they're like, so do you lead worship for Jesus Culture? I'm like, I wish. I don't. I've never, I've been on one album. I've been on one album. That's true. And I think it's, I think we're like somewhere around 40 albums in all together with the music label. And uh, I was on the first album ever praying. And so that's my only thing. I've tried to be on it ever since. Claim to fame. That's my one claim to fame. So even though I'm not on the albums, I actually greatly uh, appreciate just new worship coming out. I love it. I've been listening to these songs now uh, for a while before they come out. It's amazing how new worship songs, for me, they're a gift that somehow they're able to put to words a cry that's been in my heart or something that's been stirring within me, all of a sudden a worship song will come and we'll be able to express, I'll be able to pour my heart out to God or there'll be a cry that gets released just from these worship songs. And so it's just, I I love, I love when new worship albums come out. I love when new worship songs come out. And so we're excited today to be able to celebrate and pray over the songs that are coming out of this house and some of our friends as well. We're in studio. We're gonna be joined in just a few minutes with some of our other friends. We're in studio with Derek, worship pastor at Jesus Culture Sacramento, and then Kim, who is OG, like with us from the beginning. Old grandma. Old grandma. Old grandma. That would fit out there on your farm. We want to take a few minutes and just kind of talk for our own church and for other people that are watching, but just even for our own church. Um, Talk a little bit about, we've got two volumes coming out. There's church volume one that just got released in a little bit. There'll be church volume two. But maybe talk about uh, why we decided to call it church. What's our heart behind that actual concept? Well, when we started first talking about the record and when we would record it, what songs, you know, all of that, one thing that we were talking about and that was kind of in everybody's heart was wanting to push just a little bit of a reset button. And, you know, Jesus Culture, um, a lot of people, and maybe not everyone knows, but we weren't always a music label. We weren't always just music, but we yes. actually started, Jesus Culture was originally a youth yeah. conference. Yep. Um, and so we've always been a ministry that's always been first and foremost. We are the church, the body of Christ. This is our identity, you know? So we we came from this and the music was kind of born in the midst of all of that. And as time went on and we kind of got um, labeled Jesus Culture Band, which wasn't a bad thing, but it was kind of like, where where do we fit this group? Because at the time when we first started releasing albums, um, it wasn't super normal for churches no. or movements or ministries. <laughs> there we, was Hillsong. <laughs> have we been around that long though? Yes, That's we a, have. We have been, been around like, that yeah, long. Totally. I know. It feels weird saying that, but yeah. it's true. I mean, now with yeah, technology and the, the way that it is, you know, churches everywhere can release albums, which is amazing. We get lots of worship music out there, which is wonderful. But way, way back then, yeah. it, that wasn't as normal. And so anyways, I think 
just that mindset of, of and kind of identity being put on us as a band, I think for many years we kind of wrestled through that trying to kind of fit into that identity or role because it's kind of like, well, what else do we call it? But it never really felt quite right. And so I think we all have kind of reached a place where we're kind of stripping some things back and we're wanting to kind of push reset on who we are, what we represent, and... um, and kind of put put that away and say that th- this is who we are. We we are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are a ministry. Yeah. We are for our community. Our community is so important for to us. We have wrestled through our relationships. We have fought for our relationships. Yep. Um, I think naming the album Church just says so much um, and holds the essence of who we are and our identity. But also. Uh, these songs are written for the church. That's yeah. that's why we do what we do. We are here as worship leaders. Our role right. and our desire is to serve the body of Christ. And we do that as worship leaders through our worship leading and with these songs that we write for yeah, the church. Yeah, I love that. And I love that distinction too. Like it's not just about writing songs to write songs or to become famous or to sell albums. Ultimately, we're writing songs for the church that they can sing and draw closer to Jesus. And I love what you're talking about, that we really were just a, a ministry that came out of this youth group. Even Chris, who we're gonna, Chris Kidal is gonna come on in just a little bit and you know, was with us as well in the early days and then moved down to be our worship pastor for years with Jesus Culture Sacramento. And Derek, you're in a similar boat with that thing, you know, worship pastoring now, but always had a deep heart for the local church. We talked about you, Kim, in the early days. I mean, you'd be Friday night for our prayer meeting. <laughs> We had, a yes. youth, we had a youth prayer meeting every nine Friday night 11. from 9 to 11 where, you know, we'd get anywhere from 2 to 20 kids show yeah. up to this prayer gathering and you'd be up there leading worship for it. Yes, and sometimes all I had was a djembe. Sometimes I had a guitar player. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I was if singing acapella. If you scraped the guitar player up. <laughs> yes. If you made sure you went Begging and found Begging people them. to come yes. on a Friday night and yes. play with me. Who does yeah. a Friday? Like, Lord, this is legitimately all for you. Yes. You're the only one in the room. Exactly, Just me yeah, and you. That's exactly right. I think this was banning actually it testing was. our hearts. If people want to know where Jesus Culture- was really committed. If people want to know where Jesus Culture was birthed, it was birthed in a prayer room with nobody it's, at nine o'clock true. at night. But Derek, you've always had a massive heart for the local church as well. I mean, you've given yourself for this. We first began to got, get connected when you were leading worship. I had you start leading worship at a service up at Bethel, yeah, uh, at a, right. uh, what we called a tweener, an in-between service at Simpson. Just in the gymnasium. The in the gymnasium. Echoing off the back wall. Yeah. But, but I just love this as well. And, and your heart's for the local church. Even when you're traveling and things like that, it's about pouring into other yeah. uh, worship teams and churches. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think too, for this album, one of the really cool things is every person involved has actually, um, they're, they're from our church. They've been connected to our church. Even looking at McClarney and Mac, these are guys who they come out and they're yes. a part of what we're doing out here. Yeah. Um, so I think for us- They're even, family. Yeah, they're family, 100%. Yeah. So I think for us seeing, you know, not only is this album for the church, but it's actually from a church. This yes. is coming out of- out of what God's doing here in our congregation, what he's doing in our worship services, um, all the way to having even Jake on this record. We had some local musicians. Jake, Jake, come on, Jake. We had some local musicians um, that were um, playing on this album that were helping us produce some of these songs. And so- Background singers. Background singers. So I think think for us- we recorded it with our church. And we recorded it with our church, church. in our church. So I think to see that marriage from what God's always been doing in our movement, um, but now that we're here with, you know, we're six years into this yeah. church plant, there are just some deep roots that I think that have happened in all of yeah. us yeah. Um, as a community and as a family and as a movement that we now, I feel like these albums can come 
out as an expression of that. Yeah. Like, here's what God's doing. We are, we are being discipled, we're discipling people. Yeah. And all of that is finding its way into our national voice and what we're calling the church to do. Well, here's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna actually bring in the rest of the worship leaders that were part of this project and these albums. We're gonna welcome them in over Zoom and we're gonna see how this works. Now, if you have been doing all of your meetings on Zoom, <laughs> then you're gonna know what kind of a risk we're taking right now <laughs> and whether or not they're even gonna behave or whether they're gonna be putting Tiger King backgrounds up during the interviews <laughs> or whether we're gonna see how this actually works if the internet stays with us and if we can figure it out. But I actually wanted to, even in the midst of this quarantine, in the midst of social distancing and spacing, see if we could sit down for a few minutes and actually talk through just the songs on the album. Uh, I think as I've been listening, none of us could have foreseen a global pandemic that would have caused the world to shut down and everybody to go home and the crisis and the unemployment and all the things that are happening I don't, none of us could have seen that, but, but as, as I've been listening to this album, it feels like just so prophetic and profound and like this is what's needed right now. God's drawing us close to intimacy and he's calling us to walk fearless. And there's just so many things that are a part of this thing in the lyrics that I actually would love just to hear from each one of you guys around a song and just kind of talk about in this moment, in this season, with what everybody's walking through, with what the world's in, why does this song matter right now? And how is it not only speaking to you, but kind of what you feel the Lord's saying with it? So can we do that? Is that all right? Are you guys all good? Do I get like a, I don't know, do I get like a thumbs up? Now remember, and everybody's been doing Zoom, you're gonna get this. You're gonna have to unmute yourself. My la- you're gonna have to unmute yourself before you start talking, all right? <laughs> Brian, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, I just wanna read just this, the first two lines from Anticipation, which I love. One of my favorite, I'm gonna say all my songs are favorite in my life, but this is one of my favorite songs. Genuinely love this song. But the first two lines are just this. I feel anticipation, feels like the, when the wind blows through the trees, there's hope and I can taste it ready to explode inside our praise. But I want you to talk about that because in the midst of all that's happening, I actually really genuinely feel a great anticipation for what God is doing and is about to do. It's, and it's this weird moment because we understand the world's in crisis. And yet I'm like, I can feel hope in there. There's, there's an anticipation like a wind blowing through trees, like God is up to something. Can you just talk about that song and what uh, you kind of feel the Lord saying and all of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the word anticipation has been coming up in, in our conversations with me and Katie and, and I think just different songwriters and stuff that we had been writing with over the last few years. And, and that, that word just kept coming up and kind of the idea would find its way a little bit into some of our songs. And then finally, we just wrote a song specifically with that title, Anticipation. And, and for us, it's, it's, it's not just like a, like a whimsical feeling of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm excited of what could happen, but it's more like that confident faith that God is up to something, that he's moving, that he's doing something and working in our hearts, in our homes, and, and in the church in a new way. And I think this season of life, um, as we're all you know sheltering in place and experiencing some level of new normal, I feel God moving more than I have in, in ages. And, I'm, and, and some of it, I think, is just our awareness of what he's doing. And the global church is like, okay, God's doing something. We, we need a move. 
we need them to do something. And, and there is this confident expectation, this confident faith in, in a good God that is, that is, you know, working miracles in the middle of, of all of this um, chaos, what feels like chaos. Yeah, so, so good. I, I think that that phrase right there, confident expectation, that that anticipation, it comes with, that we know who our God is and we are confident in what he's doing. I, I, in fact, I, listen, I want to pray that over anybody that's watching right now. Some of you, maybe your confidence has been shaken. Some of you maybe are not in that place of like, I don't feel a ton of anticipation. And we really are just declaring over you and praying that you would gain a confident expectation of what God is doing in this season. That even when it doesn't make sense, even when you might've lost your job and you're like, it doesn't make sense, I've lost my job, but there is an anticipation in my heart for what God is about to do. And we just wanna declare that over you today. Katie, let me go to you real quick. Um, gold is one of my favorite too. I'm going to say everyone, I just, I've been listening through this album because I get the songs before they get out and all the mixes and stuff. And my heart genuinely has been stirred. This, this song's already come out as a single. It's already come out. People have already heard it. Um, but just let me read this part to you, the pre-chorus and then the first line of the chorus. You will find in fire what you call gold. You will find in fire what you can mold. Find me here in your presence. I'm not leaving the same. Let your refining fire purify me again. Can you unpack some of this stuff? Because there is that, again, in this moment, it feels like I can speak for myself that God's refining things inside of me. And I think what's going to come out of this season is something that's gonna be precious, is something that is gonna be that gold. Can you just kind of talk about for you and in this season and what you were feeling even writing this song? Yeah, we wrote this song with um, some of my favorite songwriters, including Rita Springer, who's just one of our favorite people. And um, we had just been discussing this concept of like longevity, lasting fruit in our life, stuff that we've discussed at church, stuff that you've been speaking about at church for a long time too. Amen. Can we just stop real quick? Can we just, let's just stop real quick and just, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for good preaching. Thank you, Jesus, for good preaching. Thank you, Katie. It's been really, it's, it has been a season of that. And I actually, we moved this last year, but right before that, I was driving down one of the main streets that we drove down to our home like every day. And I had never noticed this street on like on my right, it was called Refinement Road. And it was like, God just highlighted wow. it to me. And um, I felt like it was kind of, it was just like the Holy Spirit kind of introducing me into that. I was maybe going into a season of refinement and what that was going to look like. and Or was Lord, in the middle of one. <laughs> or was possibly already in the middle of one. That's kind of what it felt like. And um, so it, it just started, it started, like Brian was even talking about anticipation. It really started like emphasizing that word in my life. I started noticing that theme. And I felt like even something I've talked about before, and me and Kim actually did like a live on Jesus Culture's Instagram. And we talked about what does it look like to pray that kind of scary prayer of like, God, burn away the stuff in my life that is not lasting, that's not bringing me closer to you. Do we really want that? Do we really mean it when we pray that? And it started like the Holy Spirit convicted me about it. And he was like, if you want that new outpouring, that fresh new wine, um, I need to burn away some stuff in your life that is not from me in the first place. Distractions, idols that I've created in my own life. And so that began as that prayer with these friends. And we started um, trying to put words to what would that look like? What yeah. does that prayer look like to pray? And then by the time we get to the bridge, we kind of see like, what does that outpouring look like 
after we've been refined, after we've gone through the fire and we come out with something that God has molded and created, what does that look like? And it looks like new wine. It looks like unity. It looks like the Holy Spirit moving in a fresh way and that we're entrusted with that because we've been purified. So that's something that I didn't know we were praying it before yeah. the season of life. <laughs> I feel like there's been like another layer that God has burned away in this season already. And They have, Katie, I love too as well that you're talking about, because we're a church that believes for, for revival. We're a church that's going after an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And yet this concept of, hey, start with me. Like, I don't, I don't want to pray for revival. I want to first say, God, start in me. Would you just pray that over people that are watching right now? Like those that are watching right now that maybe feel like, man, maybe the Lord is, refi- there is a refining fire in my life right now. He is burning away idols. He is burning away things that maybe I trusted and relied on. Or Can you just pray that over people right now? Yeah, so Jesus, even now, God, we pray that during this season, Lord, that you would truly strip away everything that does not bring us closer to you, that is not from you, that is not lasting. God, we just give you permission even now, Lord, to just refocus our attention, even in the the hope that you have poured out throughout this whole record, God, I pray that you would refocus us with new perspective and strip away all that stuff that is not serving us and not bringing us closer to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. So good. Chris, your song, uh, which I, uh, you'd released it before, but um, Chris, (laughs) Kim just asked what Chris, Chris Kilala, (laughs) Chris Kilala. Um, I really, uh, really wanted this song uh, on the album. And I think, and you know me, you've known me for a long time. I love songs that just declare truth. There are moments in my life where I will just be in my car, I'll be in my office and I'll just put a song on and I'll just, like I want a song that gets me to actually just declare, this is who you are, God. And so many times we seem to forget who he is (laughs) in tough times. We say, even right now, I mean, this is in these moments, sometimes we can tend to forget who God is. This is who he is. And let's not forget this. And when we know who he is, then it brings this assurance. Um, Nothing But Good is, uh, uh, is the song that's on volume one. Let me just read this real quick. You've been nothing but good, nothing but good to me. It's gonna sound weird when I'm reading it because I'm gonna repeat, you know, but uh, <laughs> you've been nothing but good. Sing it again, nothing but good to me. You've been nothing but kind, just in case you didn't know, nothing but kind to me. All my days, time after time, you've been faithful all my life. You've been nothing but good. God, you are good to me. I love this song. I love the declaration. I love that we sing it even in the midst of crisis and hard times and storms. Can you just talk about that? The importance of keeping in front of us and and why this song is important and keeping in front of us kind of, this is who God is even when the world seems to be crumbling around me. Would you say this is one of your favorite songs? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yes, no, that it would. Song with Phil uh, Wickham and Hank Bentley, um, who we've all of us have written a lot of songs with. But um, yeah, for me, this is a song really about remembrance. Yeah, I was reading, um, just getting ready for this, reading the the story of when the Israelites crossed over the river, and uh, and after they crossed over, you guys remember they they were commanded to set up remembrance stones, 
And the reason they did that was to remember the, what God did, to remember the miracle that he performed for generations to come. And so for me, this really is that song. It's like, it, you just touched on it, but when we're in the middle of crisis, when things are confusing, when things are overwhelming, it's so important to hold on to truth. Um, and it's oftentimes hard to do, but I think songs, and, and for me, this one in particular is one of those remembrance stones, if you will, that like, you know, kind of reminds us of, hey, this is what God's done. Um, this is what God's doing. And, this, and, and he wants to do it again. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about, um, about songs, about a lot of these songs in this album, they really are almost like testimonies that we can, we have the ability, we have the opportunity to step into and go, yeah, I've seen God do this before. I remember he's done this before. I've heard he's done this before in someone else's life. And I know he wants to do it again. So for me, um, yeah, when we wrote this song, it was really just about that. What has God done? Um, I want to thank him and praise him for that. And I also want to believe that, that there's more to come. And I think, Chris, um, I think as well, it, I think it's important for people to understand that for all of us as preachers, worship leaders, um, this is coming out of like walking through stuff. Like these songs are actually birthed from not just like, hey, this is a great theory, but we've walked through some really tough things. And we, we've talked about even Jet and the loss of your son and stuff. And I remember being there at, at the, the memorial service we did and just worshiping and, and just seeing you walk through something. So like, this isn't just like a, a, a cute song that you wrote. Like these are things that you've walked through and in the midst of pain said, no, God is good. And I'm going to remember. And I, I think that's what I've always appreciated about you. And really all of our, all of the worship leaders that this isn't just like, oh, this is really kind of, you know, something cute that I wrote, but it's actually coming from a pretty deep place. Yeah. And I've said this before, but it's, it's important for us to remember that just because our circumstances change or things are difficult, God doesn't change. He remains the same. And so for me, my challenge, I've always tried to challenge myself is I don't want my response to change. I want my, like you said, my response to remain the same. You know, even though things are confusing right now or tough or painful, God is good. God's faithful. I've seen him come, come through in my life before. And I know he will. He will again. So. I love that. I love that. We're going to come back. You guys are all going to hang out in Zoom for a second. I want to ask about your guys' songs. But first, can we just say hi to Jake? Jake Itburn is here. Hello, Jake. Jake is one of our local Hello. worship leaders who I have on this call with us, even though his song is not to volume two. But it just felt wrong. It felt wrong not to have you with us as part of our church launch album release. And your song as well, your song, which we're not going to, you can mention it right now, even though we're not going to fully unpack it. Your song we knew, like it's by far my favorite, way more than Chris's, <laughs> nothing but good, or gold or anticipation. But your song is a song that you'd been leading in church for us. And I just knew when we do this album, we've got to put that song on there. I just so loved kind of what you did. So I just want to say for, say hello to everybody. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> Hope you guys are good and safe, and I'm excited to worship with you guys again Yeah, this is over. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Kim, uh, More Than Enough is um, a song we, we, we just sang earlier, but again, all these songs that I'm kind of reading, this song for me especially is around that thing of, I think in times of crisis and times of storm, we really do find out that he is more than enough and that other things can't do what he, you know, it's that thing of like, there's some things I thought was enough 
and I can't rely on those things. Let me just read this, uh, verse two, and then the bridge, one of the verse two. It says this, finally, my eyes can see you have never abandoned me. I'm held by the kindness of a father who won't give up, just that assurance. And finally, my eyes can see you've never abandoned me is really connected to that time of in the midst of the storm, I'm wondering that question. God, are you with me? <laughs> Did you leave me? And then I realize in the midst of the storm, oh no, you haven't. And then with the bridge, it says this, forever strong, forever faithful, all my life, you are enough for me. In every storm, in every battle, Again, there's so many, like in all these songs, it's amazing how much it's like battle, storm, all that. In, in every storm, in every battle, all my life, you are enough for me. Can you just talk about that, about getting to a place in our life where we realize he is enough for me and he is what I need above everything else. All the other things that I try to rely on, all the other things I try to go to, none of them will actually be enough for me. And then even this concept of in the midst of the storm, coming to that place where you are able to answer that question, you really will be there for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have gone through desert seasons at many different points of, of my life. And uh, one of the, the first times I, as a Christian and a new Christian, really recognized I am in a desert season, um, a few different people kept coming up to me and saying, oh, I was praying for you today. The Lord gave me this word for you. And I got super annoyed because it was the same thing every time, but I didn't actually want to take the time to go look at what the scripture yeah, was. Yeah, no, totally, totally. I know. Totally. I was just more like wallowing in my, yes. my despair, you know? Can you and just the, let me stay in my despair yes, for a moment, please? Yeah. Yes. But it was Hosea 2.14, which to this day is one of my favorite passages of scripture, but it says, therefore, I will allure her. I will lead her into the desert. Mm. And it goes on to talk about making a door of hope in the valley of trouble and goes on to talk about restoration. And the really incredible thing that always struck me about this is that I was realizing, wait, you are the one who is going to lead me. You led me into the desert. You did this on purpose. You, you led me into this time, into this space. Yeah. And it's an invitation to intimacy. And um, ever since then, it's always kind of set this thing inside of me that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, bring it to present day. I don't think God did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think COVID yeah. came from God. But, but it's a storm. It is a storm. And he, he is not surprised by any of those things. And that he, he is there always leading, always guiding and recognizing that when you are a life that's surrendered to him and given to him, he takes care of that, what belongs to him. And I think it's so kind of funny and crazy and just so Jesus that yeah. this is all coming out at this time. Yes. You know, for me, I recognize like in my in my 20s, in my especially my early 20s, mid 20s, I'm constantly wrestling through identity, trying to, yeah. to figure out who am I? What's my purpose? I read so many books about it. So many books about finding your purpose, finding your calling, you know, yeah. all these things. Then you get older and you kind of get like established in your life. You know, I have a yeah. career, I have a ministry, I have a family. I, you know, everything's just kind of feels settled and this is what I do. This is who I am. And right now, everything has been turned upside down. Yeah. You know, a majority of us don't have our careers or our jobs. Things are not settled. Our kids aren't off at school yes. while we're at home working on whatever or, yeah. you know, everything's been turned upside down. And it's caused me, like I'm sure it's a lot of people, to really reevaluate every tiny little thing. Asking a lot of those same questions that I asked a long time ago and made me kind of go, how come I stop asking those questions? How come I stop asking those questions about my purpose and my identity? How come I just kind of settled into something and just took it on? Yeah. And suddenly I find myself going back and reevaluating uh, what, what truly matters and what really is 
enough and landing back at that it it really Jesus you really, yeah, are, enough. You really are enough as I'm as I everything's been stripped away Every, everything that's normal, everything that's comfortable has been stripped away. I can't even get the brand of toilet paper I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a that's, funny con- conversation about that's, that. That's like, a crisis. It is a crisis. It's horrible, horrible. <laughs> like there are, some, there are some bad things in the world. That's, that's I know, bad. I know. But my, my point is this, that when it's, when it's all stripped away, you are left with, but I have Jesus yes. and he is here with me yes. and that truly is enough. I don't feel like my life has ended. When it's all <laughs> stripped away, and this is what a lot of people are experiencing, a lot of things have been stripped away. When it's all stripped away, I realize he's still enough. Yeah, and you know, you've always said, and you would say this a lot right before conferences and events. You would say, guys, all we have is Jesus. We're just bringing Jesus. This is what we have to bring. And I think it was always a reminder of take the pressure off. Like yeah. you don't have to perform. You don't have to make something happen. Yeah. We're, that we just have Jesus. We're bringing Jesus. That's it. And I think we're, we're having to live that yes. right now yeah. and recognize he is more than enough, but we're, we're having to actually learn what that, yeah. what that looks like like to live that out and to and to walk it out. Yeah, I love that. I do want to just say that for anybody watching right now, if you're if you're in a season right now, some people you may not be in this season at this level, but if you're in a season where things are getting stripped away, it's not bad to get to a place where you realize Jesus, you really are enough. This is where we're supposed to live. Even with stuff, even when things are all going great, that we live with that understanding, Jesus, you are enough. You are enough. And I love that. Derek, I want to talk about, we've got two songs actually in volume one and volume two that are talking about this issue of fear. Your song in the first one, I Will Not Fear, Again, feels like what a profound moment to come out with this song at this time. But let me just read the verse one, the bridge. When the waters rise, when the rain won't stop, when the wind is almost louder than your voice, though I may not see you are here with me, my hope, this is what Christy was talking about, my hope is unaffected by the storm. And the bridge says this, I know the storm will break. I know the dark will fade. Everything will change. So I am not afraid. You just talk about in this moment, writing the song and then just kind of seeing in this moment all that's going on, uh, why this matters so much. And that thing of like, even in the midst of the storm, my hope is unaffected. This will change. Yeah, I think, I think this is what we're all so blown away by is that as we were going into making this album, we had no idea any of this was going to be going on. And I, we were talking about this recently that, you know, when it comes to, well, what, what does success look like? It looks like that we heard the Lord. Yeah. And so that when we get into this season where we're releasing this album, we're releasing these songs into the storm that's happening right now, that we know God's going to use it to release hope, um, that, that's when we feel like, well, we really heard the Lord on this thing. So even for this song... I wrote this song uh, when I was in a season where I, I was in a storm. I was, I, I needed to declare, I needed to remind myself, I needed to tell my soul, don't be afraid. You can trust the Lord. Even though there's a storm all around, I yeah. can, I will find encouragement again by coming to the Lord. And so, you know, as, as all of this is going on around us, I feel like this song and even the idea around the song, so much of the language, it was looking at that simple story in the gospels of the disciples in the boat with Jesus, the storms around them. Yeah. But they have this moment of not only, I think there's two things in that story that stand out to me and it is what this song's about. Number one, Jesus actually had the authority to stop 
the storm immediately. Yeah. There is that faith. There's that hope. That's what we're all talking about. That yeah. um, even with everything going on, I have this unwavering hope that God's in control. Like he's, he's going to break through in this situation. But the other thing that I love is that Jesus, um, like, like the good teacher that he was, he, he even rebukes the disciples because they were afraid. And I remember that idea of, of you know, God would never um, ask us something that's impossible. So when he says, you, you could have been in this storm and you could have not been afraid because I was in the boat with you. For me, that's what this song's about. It's even what it, it, I think that's what it speaks to in this moment. There really is the opportunity to be in the middle of a storm and find peace mm-hmm. in Jesus, yes. to find hope in Jesus and, and to come out this thing on the other side going, I had never felt my hope so anchored to Christ than when I was in the middle of all that chaos. And I think for believers, that's, that is one of the gifts that we have available to us. We can have hope in the yeah. middle of a storm. I love it. And again, I think I love the fact that you wrote it in the midst of a storm for you and that it's not just like, let's write a song on fear. Like I, this is something that came out of my own personal life when I was in the midst of a storm and having to find truth and anchor in. Man, I love that. All right, we're gonna go back to Zoom real quick with all you guys. And uh, uh, Mac, uh, your song, uh, first of all, it's great to have you uh, with us. Mac and Chris McClarney both are actually don't live. <laughs> He's got, are you enjoying all the... <laughs> Chris McClarney's enjoying all of the uh, festivities, I see. We will get to you last, Chris McClarney. There's a reason why you're last in this whole conversation, all right? <laughs> Mac, uh, this is your first time jumping on with us. Um, uh, Chris McClarney, who doesn't live here, but has also uh, been with us before. Uh, Mac, and we released your song, Still in Control, but this song, this song, is another one of those songs that it just feels so profound and prophetic in this moment. You've talked a little bit about our, to our church already about this song, but let me just read this real quick, just the verse. How can I say it as well when my voice can barely speak? How can I sing you a song in the midst of suffering? Jesus, will you meet me here? Let your peace wash over me. I need you now more than ever. Teach my soul to sing. And I wanna say this, Mac, and I want you to unpack this. Uh, I, I think that this moment impacts everybody differently. I mean, the reality is, is not everybody's lost their job. Some people are still working. They're just at home and they get to spend more time with their family. Others deal with anxiety on different levels. But there is a depth to what you're talking about here around this issue of, you know, how, how can I say it as well when my voice can barely speak? Like, there, like this moment really is hitting some people at a pretty deep level when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to worry, when it comes to this type of stuff. Uh, talk to us about this song and, and why you really believe God's speaking this right now to the church. Yeah, I mean, so for me, this song, anxiety wasn't something that I really struggled with growing up. Uh, I was real carefree and just, I don't know, I didn't think about uh, things through the lens of like stress or anxiety. And honestly, it wasn't really until like, you know, I, I became an adult and then even like another level, like had my own kids and started a family that I started feeling this like wave of like anxiety creeping in my life unexpectedly. And it was almost like a new, for me, it was like a new emotion of like, hold on, what is this feeling that I'm having? And how do I deal with this? Uh, and I remember uh, when we wrote that song, it was just kind of in the middle of this really anxious moment and I was being vulnerable with a friend and just kind of opening up to him about some stuff that I was just trying to work through and process. Uh, 
And through that, just, you know, sometimes like when you're talking to somebody, you start answering your own questions and you start finding the solution yourself just by verbally getting it out there. And, and through that started just coming back to like, but I have to rest in the sovereignty of God. And even though I'm feeling all these emotions, I'm feeling all these things that I, I can't necessarily control like the feelings that I have. I can still control what I'm choosing to speak. And I can still control like that I'm choosing to still speak truth and to believe um, that God is who he says he is. And so this song for me just kind of came out of that process. And it came out of me just processing like, okay, I might be in the midst of this anxiousness. I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, I can still trust that God is still sovereign. He's still good. He's still capable of moving all the pieces in the way that it needs to move. He's still working on my behalf. And it's when, you know, even in the midst of this, uh, you know, pandemic that we're in, that's something that I've, I've still had to come back to. I've still had to say, like, I can either choose to focus on the fear of, of the actual situation that we're in right now, or I can continue to speak, but God loves us. And God's here with us still. He's still moving. He's still working. And so that's why, you know, this song has been like a real encouragement to me in this season. Uh, obviously, didn't write it in the middle of a pandemic, but it's been something that I've, I've gone back to uh, just as we're kind of walking through this season right now. Yeah, I love it. I, I really do love it. And I, I love how you write. I love how you just put words to stuff and just people can connect at a deep level with it. So... All right, McClarney, Chris, I actually saved your song for last uh, simply because, uh, honestly, my heart is just longing for revival. I want to see a move of God in our midst. I want to see a move of God in our day. And, but something that's really been on my heart and something that we've been going after, let me read this really quick to you. Your bridge says this, we want to see hearts ablaze. We want to see people change. We want to see revival We want to see mercy win, the hopeless to hope again. We want to see revival. We want to see lives restored and the evil to win no more. We want to see miracles. Let heaven invade this world. We want to see revival. Can you talk about writing this song and what you're doing? Because this is my heart, God, in the midst of this, redeem this moment with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Redeem this moment with a move of God in our nation. You know, fill churches and and bring back prodigals and let people get saved like Where's this song? Because this is something that was on your heart. What are you writing the song for for the church right now? Well, first of all, hey, everybody. Thanks for letting me hop on here. This is fun. Um, so Revival, when we sat down to write it, the main goal was uh, we talk so much about it uh, internally where we're like, Lord, send Revival when we're praying. Uh, and, and probably at, at other people's churches, wherever they're at they probably used that word, Lord, send revival, Lord, revive us. But I don't necessarily think that we like fundamentally know what we're asking for. Like for a lot of people, they're maybe saying, Lord, like, wouldn't it be cool if we had all these services every night? But um, when we sat down to write it, the real question was, what are we really asking for? What does that mean when revival comes? And uh, that part you just read is kind of, we made a list in the room it was me and a couple of other writers and we just started listing like what do we want when we when we pray lord send revival what is it exactly that we're asking for and we just started listing like we want to see lives restored and 
you know, relationships restored and, and healing and miracles. And, and as we got through that list, it was like, all right, how do we get to this list? So let's write a song that points at this list of things. And uh, then for the bridge, let's just start listing them off. And yeah, that's how we got there. I, I love it. I think, I, again, I think that's a great challenge for the church right now is that as we pray for revival, uh, what does it look like? Uh, you know, we're praying for something and we want to see hope and relationships and salvations and the church awakened and justice. And so I love it. I also love that you're on our album with us, Chris. I know that you don't live here in Sacramento, but man, we just so have loved having you part of the Jesus Culture family. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I just want to say thank you for all you guys for jumping on and having this conversation with us as we kind of just pray and release this album. Jake, you the most, maybe the most profound stuff was shared from you. So thank you, Jake, for jumping on and being a part of it with us. We're going to pray right now. I actually want to pray as a church. um, This is our responsibility to cover and just ask that God would use these songs, would use this album, volume one and volume two, to ignite a deeper love for Jesus, a greater intimacy with the Father, that we really wouldn't just sing a song about revival, but we would see that ignited in America, across the earth. So Father, we just pray right now, God, we just pray that you would cover this album. God, that you would use it to draw people closer to you, that you would take these songs and that you would bring hope to people, you would bring life to people, you'd break fear off of people. Confident expectation would hit them, that every song would release something in the hearts of people. And we really do pray for the church in America, for the church worldwide, that God, in the midst of this crisis, we pray that you would step in and we would see a great harvest come and that we would see revival poured out. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. Hungry for more? Search Jesus Culture on your podcast platforms to check out more from our Jesus Culture podcast network.